Welcome to Thrivecast. Welcome back. I'm Ben Schenken. And I'm Jesslyn Schenken. And we're here getting tattoos. Um, no, we're not. But well, I wish maybe. we were. We want to get tattoos. Maybe later. We're in Ink 180. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe later. We should get a tattoo on the podcast that right now. Cool. <laughs> we could get it. It could say Thrivecast was here. Be. It won't be us talking. It'll no, just be the noise just the of the noise. tattoo for about five Every once in a while minutes. we'll go, ow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So and no. then we'll post pictures when we're done. It'll just say Thrivecast was here. Cast was drawing you with a marker. There you go. And we can be like, ow, ow, it hurts so bad just to make it feel legit. Yeah, it's good. So mm, that's, that makes good radio kind of pod, podcasting Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Except right now we told them all our secrets yeah. and now we can't fool them. All right. Well, we'll just do it. Come a on, Ben. Sounds good. Okay. Okay. Well, fine. as you might have heard a third voice here, we're here with um, Chris Baker from Inc. 180. We're actually down in his shop and it's really really cool very cool here if you haven't seen him go um look at his stuff ink180.com and you can see about facebook and all that stuff he's got incredible stuff he does i'm gonna let him talk about what he does and then we want to get his perspective of what thriving is and um you know even if we're not thriving at the moment what does it look like to be there and he works with a lot of people that are kind of making that transition so chris uh welcome and thanks for joining us and thanks thanks yeah. for coming down yeah so uh, tell me about yourself and uh a little bit of your history and what you're doing now well, I, I, so history, man, I got a lot of history. I'm 47, but, uh, I grew up in South central Los Angeles. Uh, most of my friends were involved in gang activity. I was not, um, and they protected me as I was growing up, but it was, it was a tough, uh, tough way to grow up because I lost 17 of my friends to gang wow. violence. Wow. And, uh, one of my best friends, Dante was killed in the drive by shooting almost exactly 11 years ago in, in two weeks, it'll be 11 years. Wow. And I was five feet away from him when he got hit. And uh, went home that night and told my wife it was time for us to leave. And Lisa's from Chicago originally. We met out there in high school and got married and everything. But uh, moved out here and just same thing. I got tired of watching kids die on TV every night on the news and wanted to wanted to do something about it. I didn't know what, but um, eventually through prayers and stuff, I just got the idea to do this this thing called Ink 180, where basically we do free tattoo removals and free tattoo cover-ups for um, what originally started just former gang members, people getting their life going in a different direction, hence the, the 180. Yeah. Um, has Sometimes now, people want to put like 360 in there. Well, I'm like, well, that's actually yeah, going that's the same way. All that, the yeah. way you back just spin around. around. You go the same way. Like, do you realize the degrees? No, yeah. okay, so I was I'm just glad that event. you guys thought of that. I was just in an event with an, an organization that has 360 in their name. I'm like, like I told them so that you same spin thing. Around and I'm like, <laughs> just going around and around. And they're like, we never thought of that. Like, <laughs> oh, did you not no. take geometry? Did you, like, come on. Like, <laughs> this is ink mean, I dropped out of high school. We spin, and I around, that. we spin around and spin around with ink. Yeah. Or I get, oh, like, is it is this Ink 182? I'm like, no, that's a crappy band. It's not <laughs> ink 182. Yeah. Oh, so lame. Yeah, so, so lame. lame. So, ink 182. Wow. Uh, so in addition, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. you know. We don't want you going exactly the opposite way. We want you going two degrees a off, bit. A little bit <laughs> off your filter. But, uh, yeah, so what we started as a you know organization to help people that were leaving gangs now has kind of morphed and grown into uh, providing the same services for uh, sex trafficking survivors that have tattoos forced upon them by their pimps or traffickers, uh, as well as domestic violence survivors and self-harm survivors. We come wow. up their scars with tattoos all for free. That's awesome. I didn't know about the self-harm. That's yeah. new since we've left. Oh, we do a ton of do it. Do you? Okay. Wow. A ton of it. And so you were telling us before, how many, 
would you say you've done of you know those categories if you can kind of give us a rough estimate i know you're constantly yeah, adding that number every day but. so gang stuff we're almost at 4300 wow. people <laughs> since 2011 wow and, uh, and those aren't just in Chicago. Like you no. go out to all over the country, really. Yeah, right? we're everywhere. I was just in Los Angeles last week and going to Iowa next week. Wow, it's just, it's insane. We're always here and there and running all over the place. So that's amazing. Yeah. And then sex trafficking. You'd sex say... trafficking. I'd say we've done about five hundred nationwide. Wow. Domestic violence. I'd say probably another six fifty. Wow. Or so. Wow. Um, and then self harm. Yeah. Self harm is blowing up. It's like, just. Constant, huh? All the I'm getting calls every day. So the people that you talk with with self harm, like, are they still in the thick of it? No, they're or a lot of times they're, they're gotten help already. Getting the help, yeah. Okay. They're either getting the help or they have gotten the help. Um, I have another artist here named Sophie, and she dealt with it and got help, and she's doing great. And mm. um, so amazing. She does really good work talking to the survivors, and because you see thousands of people a year. Oh, yeah. easy. It's cra- I usually have about ten appointments in here a day. Ten a day. Wow. wow. Yeah. In addition to the tattoos you do? You yeah. Say? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because you have a regular tattoo I gotta, shop. Yeah, and I then... do. I still do regular tattoo work, and my wife does piercings, and you know, yeah, got to pay the bills somehow. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, so tell me, just for like the sake of our listeners who mm-hmm. aren't really familiar with this culture and this side of life, why is tattoo removal or cover-ups, why is that necessary? Why is that beneficial? Well, it's critical. Um, yeah, And a lot of people ask me that question. They're like, what's the big deal? I'm like... You know, for for a gang member, for example, leaving that life. I've had gang members that had left that life, and they've told me while I'm removing or covering their tattoos, they're like, man, I've been shot uh, four times, twice while I was active and twice since I just, left. Just because they had the mark. Wow. Just because they had the tattoos wow. still, because they don't know if they're active or not. Yeah, of course. They're going to gun at it, and they don't care, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, whether it's past or present. So they've got a bullet. They've got a target on their back, Yeah, basically. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And sex trafficking survivors, same thing. Pimps and traffickers know what to look for. And, you know, their tattoos are always in high visibility areas. Um, so they could be targeted and, and followed and abducted. And so what are these tattoos? Because, I mean, obviously, yeah, like I've, I know that sometimes it's the barcode or whatever, but it's got to be other things, too. Yeah, we see barcodes, we see pimps' names, gang symbols, different stuff like that. But they're not super obvious to like you and I walk around. Well, you might know, but I'm saying yeah. to Jess and I, we're going to walk around. We won't necessarily know because no, it's, it's a code, basically. It right? is. It's a code. I mean, gangs are very proficient with sex trafficking now, so that's why we're seeing the gang symbols as marking them as ownership okay. by the gang. Got right? it, got it, got it. Um, the barcodes, we're seeing fewer and fewer barcodes because law enforcement too, has too, come, like, gotten wise to it. Yeah, yeah and they, they yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's not to say that all barcode tattoos are traffic. Yeah, related. exactly. Um, certainly quite a few. But we see a lot more pimps names. And it's and it's almost it's mm. like branding. Like, yeah. it's like, OK, this is, you know, just like our we have cousins. We just did one out in Colorado with our cousins uh-huh. and they have a brand, you yeah. know, in Colorado for yeah. their like cows. And they put that yeah. on it. It's basically the same, the same, exact same thing. Well, this is my property, yep. you know. Wow. I think it's so powerful to like, okay, I'm not actually your property right. anymore. Exactly. Like, I'm my yeah, own. It takes away that constant visual reminder of the past, you know, because a lot of the trafficking survivors are dealing with varying degrees of PTSD, mm. and that tattoo is an instant trigger. Mm. Wow. So, And so just getting rid of it helps them even move forward. It is. It's a part, you know, it's a part of their aftercare. They have so many needs when they come out of that life. But, um, you know, this is a big one because it, it does take away that constant yeah. visual. Mm. It For them, you know, they're brushing their teeth or whatever. They're going to see it on their neck. Um, or the other thing that people don't even think about is 
you know, people approach me every single day and they ask me about my, I have 84 tattoos and I love to answer those questions and talk about what they mean to me and what they're about. But these trafficking survivors hate to answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, it's shame. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, Oh, look at this cool thing I got. It's like, Oh, look at my horrible past that I, it's terrifying <laughs> what they've gone through. Wow. And so you also recently got um, an RV, or you had a, mm-hmm. this was really cool, someone gave him an ambulance, or you bought an yeah. ambulance or something and had it wrapped. Yeah, and that Ridge thing. Ambulance hooked us up with an ambulance a few years back, and we, we took that thing and took it everywhere. And he ran it in the ground, basically. Yeah, we drove it till the wheels fell <laughs> off. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, and then when did you get this RV that you showed um, us the other day? Just over a year ago, I guess. Okay. Yeah, a bunch of people helped us, you know. People donated and helped us get this RV. And it's so awesome. We wrapped it. We gutted the interior and redid the whole it looks, thing. It looks really nice. And yeah, what do you do with it? Clean. We take it all over all over the place. Most most often we're in the city around Chicago to neighborhoods that make, you know, where it's difficult for them to get to our shop. So we'll yeah. go up and do removals. So like um, every Monday you're out there. Yeah. On the out, south I was side. in the city yesterday. Wow. Yeah. And how many do you do on an average day? I mean, you, you told us a high number is like 106 the or something. The highest we've ever done in there. And that's six. that's in the actual yeah. RV, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And but on average, that, it's like 60. Okay. Yeah. And how did so the, you set up the same place every time? No. And, or you kind of. We coordinate it with law enforcement and churches and different organizations okay. and say, hey, we're going to be out there this date, this time. Give us a call if you want to make an appointment. And we'll just book them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then they just we one after the next. And is it just you, or you bring a team? Or? No, Sophie comes out okay. there. Sophie will be coming out there with us this year, and you know she's been with us um, for a few years tattooing now and doing great work. That's and, awesome. Yeah, she loves to get out in the community too. So and, good. Yeah. So you've got, um, would you say a thriving business, or would you say a tough business, or would you say where where well, are you at with your business, or how how does both. that work with the ministry? It's I mean my regular business is thriving for sure because people love what we do on the ministry side and they want to support that work. And they know that coming here to get a tattoo or a piercing basically supports that work. Yeah. Um, so that, that's great. And I love that. And I love talking to people and sharing the story and talking about what we do. Um, so that definitely helps us thrive for sure. And it is, um, and the ministry is thriving too, because to me that like the whole definition of that is is really the expression on our client's face when mm-hmm. that tattoo's gone, and they don't mm. they don't have to be judged by that or defined by that tattoo anymore. And you see, you kind of see their life kind of come back into their face. You that, know? And that's 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 what thriving is. Yeah. I, I feel like I yeah. mean, it's like you went from zombie state to actually growth or alive, or you can yep. breathe again or whatever. We, he took us in the back room here and um, <clears throat> has like this, there's this metal um, hanging wire kind of thing. And so when the gang members would come, they don't do it anymore because it's just so full, Too but they, they would take a bandana that was their color and they'd either spray an X over it or rip it apart and tie it across there. Yeah. And that's basically like, um, and is that's symbolic of something in the gang culture too, right? Oh yeah. I mean, so talk about, explain that a little so bit. So to, to a gang, a color is everything. That's what they live and die for is that, hmm. that color. So, you know, our ministry, everything's built around Second Corinthians five seventeen. That old life is dead, and the new life starts now. Yeah. And if if you don't live that old life, you don't need that old color. So why don't you leave it here with me and walk out the door as a new person? Wow. So good, and I love it. It's it yeah, it's the coolest thing watching them do that. And then the other thing that he was showing, they have a freedom tree. We'll take pictures of this and put it yeah. up for you. But um, they have a freedom tree, and so the people that have come here with and done it. They've gotten uh, removals or cover-ups for sex trafficking victims. Yeah. Put their hand in a color 
um, of paint and then stick it on the tree on the wall. So that's so amazing. And I don't know that I don't know how many there's 30, 40 back oh, there. Yeah. But but there's going to be a whole lot more. Yeah. Out and about. And, and the cool thing about that tree is when we did that, we we um, painted that on a canvas that's hung on the wall. So when it's full, we can take it, move it, and do it, start another one. That wow. is awesome. That's great. So that's yeah, pretty cool. It's, it's really cool. It's pretty cool to have them see that and see those handprints and then put their own handprints up after we're done with theirs. So it's pretty awesome. Mm, it's amazing. Um, so talk to us about what you think the whole, this is called Thrivecast and the yeah. whole point is like, what, what does it take to thrive? You know, and we have, we have perspectives, like I said, we're, um, interviewing these people in Colorado who are our family mm-hmm. and they, uh, were lambing and that whole realm is totally yeah. different of what it takes to thrive. They need water. Like, well, we kind of just turn on the faucet, but to feed everybody. So that, that's what, you know, they were talking about that, but for you, what do you think it means to thrive or what does it take to thrive? Opportunity. Okay. Um, so many of so many of the folks that we work with on the ministry, they've had a huge lack of opportunity mm-hmm. in their life. Look at um, like you look at a, a kid growing up on the south side of Chicago. His dad's either just gone in prison or dead. Mom's working two, three jobs to pay the bills and keep some food on the table and keep the heat on. And they look out the window and what do they see? A bunch of gang members. They don't see. So they see that as the opportunity, even though really it's the only opportunity. Because they're not seeing opportunities like my kids have here in Oswego where they can take a computer coding class. Yeah. You know, music recording classes and all this stuff. They don't have those opportunities. So I tell people all the time, they're like, well, what's it going to take to end the violence in Chicago? I said, it's opportunity. Mm. You can't thrive if you don't have opportunity. You can thrive at selling drugs and yeah. gangbanging. But <laughs> well, that's, that's an no, opportunity that's of a no sword, but live, that's not right? that's not the right. Yeah. yeah. So we need to give these kids something to be positive about in their lives. And so, what if anything do you guys do? Obviously, you you put a mark or remove a mark rather. Yeah. But even metaphorically speaking, you put a mark on their life when they come meet with you. Whether mm-hmm. it's any, uh, you do self harm and mm-hmm. domestic abuse cover up stuff, which is yeah. incredible too. But so you you've got that. Um, what do you, how do you, cause you're interfacing with them at least yeah. for a few minutes, depending on how long it takes or whatever. What do you like? How do you help them thrive? Or like, do you like, you have opportunity to like meet with these people that really just, I never could never even talk to really. Yeah. And do, you know, like, I don't know. It seems like you want to help people thrive. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm definitely. putting words in your mouth, but no, what, sure. that's kind of the lens we're looking at it, you know, but what, how does that work for you? It's so it's just about being positive with people and sitting with them and listening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, through like some of my own stuff that I've gone through in the last eight years with like counseling and whatnot for my life. Like I've learned how to really listen to people mm-hmm. and just to treat people with respect. You know, the, a lot of the people that I work with in the ministry have been so grossly disrespected in their lives mm-hmm. on horrible levels. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had, I've had women coming out of sex trafficking, domestic violence, whatever, that have told me, like, you're the first guy that's ever done anything for me without wanting something in return. Wow. Um, that's pretty powerful, and that tells you kind of where we're at. Um, yeah, that's, that's rough. It is rough. It's hard to hear that, but it's it's true. I see it. I see it all the time. And you have uh, a couple kids, too. Three of three them. Three kids. Yeah. And uh, wife, and you You guys have a, an awesome family. I just see, yeah. I see stuff on Facebook or whatever. I don't know too much, but I'd like to hear from... <laughs> From a family perspective, like what does it look like for your family to thrive? Obviously, you guys yeah. have a different lifestyle than most. You're traveling a lot, and you got 
kind of this, you know, level of influence in the world or whatever and different things you're doing. What does it look like for you? Well, it's, you know, one of the things that we've, Lisa and I have really made important is our commitment to our kids um, and ourselves too. Cause we've gone through radical changes in the last eight years, mm-hmm. just Lisa and I in a positive way. Right. So, you know, making time to go to our kids events and go, you know, go to my son's shows. He's a musician and go to uh, my daughter Quinn's uh, awards at school and, you know, Mackenzie's out working now. So we're always really involved in what they're doing. And, and we kind of um, just want to encourage them to, to follow their dreams and not stifle that. Um, you know, a lot of, I, I've had other parents that are friends and like, Oh, you know, you spend so much time with Tyler and his music and stuff. I'm like, cause that's what he wants to do. <laughs> And, and I'm I'm amazed at what this kid's able to do. He's, he's incredible too. <laughs> he's, I mean, he really is gift, for sure. He really is. And he yeah. gigs a couple times a month. You were saying in his yeah, his band yeah. who knows is all over Chicago and uh, doing some really cool stuff. They're getting ready to go record their full length album. Oh, it's crazy. On, that's it's crazy. awesome. At 16, I was doing stupid stuff in South <laughs> Central LA. You yeah, know, nothing productive. Yeah, almost dying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, several times. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, and it's amazing too. Uh, one of the, one of the things I really like about you, Chris, is like you're in what basically full time ministry and full time work. Yeah, and you're actually a full time dad too. Yeah. And a lot of times you see these people who are kind of living that life, and they just, I don't know. I'm like, you know, I don't want when we have kids someday. I don't want to be known as the guy that's like, yeah, my dad's so amazing. Wish I knew him. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I yeah. I can tell just. And the little bit I've seen and talked with you, I'm like, that's not the case for you. And I just, it makes me excited. So like if you had an encouragement, if there's any parents listening out there and they're kind of fighting that pull of, they've got a lot going on in their life, but their kids, like, do you have any advice or anything for them? I don't, I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot with that, but I'll tell them, I would say that they have to make their kids a priority because if they don't, somebody else will. Mm. Yeah. And probably not the people you want. No. Yeah. And that's basically the root of this issue it is. that you deal with it, every day long. You kind of sides, cover you know? up the physical marks of someone abandoning and neglecting their kid. Yeah. I mean, at some level, really? right? Yeah. Or just not caring. Or not caring. Yeah. Or being absent or what, you know, yeah. whatever it is. But yeah, Jessa, did you have any other thoughts or questions? Or I know you don't know Chris. I've known Chris for years. And Jessa and I just got married, you know, this last year. And so... This is the first time she's met him, and so I'm curious of your perspective of this, having just heard about it today, pretty much some of it. I'm curious. I have a feeling that you get a lot of pushback kind of from both sides of the spectrum because mm-hmm. you've got Christians who just hate tattoos and think yeah. that they're the root <laughs> of evil, yeah. but then you've got gangs where you're helping people leave these gangs. And so what does that – I could – I could just see you kind of getting hit from all sides. Yeah. Like, what does that look like from it, both sides? It's a huge, huge problem. So on the gang side, I've had 10 death threats since 2011. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm still here. So <laughs> I, I know I'm not, I'm certainly not bulletproof, but um, I feel like I'm doing what, what God wants me to do. And I think he wants me to do some more of it. So I, I think I'm safe. So they don't, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, like I grew up in South Central LA. You're not going to scare me. Yeah. Like, you're just yeah, not. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. LA riots. I was there. Like, you're not going to scare me. Uh, but the church. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's a little man. more painful. Man, I'll tell you. 
You're like, gangs, I can deal with you. It's, it's weird. Uh, it, yeah, it's weird because there's some churches that are fantastic. Like there's a church, Alpine Chapel up in Lake Zurich, that's been so good to us and blessed us in radical ways where other churches have committed to us, like when we go and speak and stuff and just not followed through yeah. with their commitments. Yeah. Um, and I get letters and emails and phone calls from Christians all the time that light me up for doing tattoos. And don't you know it says in Leviticus? Blah, blah. I See, like, actually, yeah. Chris, so Jesslyn has a tattoo she wants you to do. We'll talk to you about it after. Right for us. We'll come back another time. But I actually have one, too. I'd like Leviticus 1928. <laughs> I love to do it. Can you do that yes, for me? Okay, absolutely. I want it. And I want it. It's got to be visible, probably, wow. because <laughs> the whole point is if you hide it, I mean, no. what, what good is it to it? Leviticus yes. 1928. I just want that on there. But like, wow, that's so cool. You have a Bible verse. Right. And they're like, yeah, did, did you read it? Yeah. Go, go yeah, look yeah, it go up. Go look it up. And I just, you know, oh, well, it's, so it's the best talking point. It's, I just think, yeah. I'm like, okay, listen, this isn't for the dead. This is for the living. I'm marking my body because right. I'm living and I'm enjoying this. Thank you very much. Yeah. But yeah. Also, do you eat pork? Yeah. Well, that's why I tell <laughs> yeah, is your un- well, You always funny. tell me, well, is your underwear mixed yeah. or whatever? Do you have polyester and me. cotton in your underwear? Then, I think uh, they look at me and they think I've never read the Bible. <laughs> right and i'm like i want you to go home and i want you to take every bit of clothing out of your dresser and i want you to look at all the tags and if you have anything with mixed fibers i want you to call me and apologize does anyone ever do that no no they never call and apologize <laughs> they just call and light me up i think i have one 100 percent cotton shirt and then i threw it away because it stretched yeah. <laughs> right. it's, uh, yeah, people get people get ridiculous oh my gosh it's horrible they get, then they get really mad when i tell them to go read revelations 19 where it says when he returns he'll have his name on his robe and on his thigh you're like doesn't say on his pants. Mm. <laughs> oh. like, Are you trying to say that the Lord Jesus Christ has a tattoo on his leg? I'm like, doesn't Why not? say he doesn't. I don't know, but he got something and it's got his name on it. <laughs> it's on his skin. Usually, though, the thing that I, I kind of end it with is because they'll keep going for days on it. I'm like, guys, if you have a bigger problem with tattoos and the, the problem that you have with kids being raped for pay and slaughtered in our streets every day, you need to reevaluate your wow. relationship with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. Yeah. That, that's usually that, when the that, call ends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should start with this. Hello, this is Chris <laughs> Baker from what, uh, Inc. 180, not Inc. 360. Right. And, um, you know, if you have a huge problem, <laughs> that should be your messaging machine or something like that. <laughs> you you probably a, get a lot less messages. Just have a frequently asked questions in your answering machine. Yeah, exactly. For our if, you're yeah, if you're giving me a death threat, if you're giving me a death threat, I'm not scared of you. If you're a Christian who doesn't like tattoos, may right. I direct you? <laughs> yeah. If you're calling to threaten my life, press Man, two. Jesus but you should also know that I pack, so you know, <laughs> I'm ready for you. And I shoot better than you do. No. I hope wow. I never have to do that. Wow. But if no, I do. But if you do. Well, man, you can't be rolling up on me and not be prepared. That's all well, I got to say. You it's know funny because I, mean? I, I, I do have a concealed carry license um, and because of the death threats. Yeah. And I've had a couple friends recently who come in here late at night when I'm cleaning or whatever. And they think it's funny to like try and sneak back up. I'm like, the guys don't do that. Yeah. I'm like, you yeah. know, I carry. Yeah. You're like, you're like, this might not end well. Yeah. This wouldn't be thriving. Let's yeah. put it that way. Or I'll just <laughs> knock you out as you come <laughs> running through the door. Serious, man. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to dig more into this thriving issue and eventually want to end with a challenge from from you. So you can be kind of thinking about that as we're, you know, finishing up our conversation here. But. Because uh, that's kind of what I like to end our podcast is cool. what, what can we challenge people to thrive? So um, that's been anything from communication to 
the way you look at life or whatever or Mm -hmm. taking an action step or whatever so it can be anything you want but um tell me more about what it means for you to thrive we've talked about a little bit more on the the gang side or the victim side Mm -hmm. what you think but you know so you kind of based you got your first answer was opportunity and so i'm curious about maybe how you apply that to you you thriving man i mean in the last year i've i've taken the opportunity to like reclaim my health because I've seen that. I tell, was tell, talks about that. That's ooh, really man, cool. I was in bad shape. I was almost four hundred pounds and just wow. wasn't taking care of myself. And um, this lifestyle does not work well with being healthy. You sit all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't eat, and then it. You know, you leave the shop at eleven o'clock at night. And you're starving. You go to Wendy's. Or, go to Wendy's or Taco Bell on the way home, and ingest that toxic garbage, and yeah. go right to sleep. And I wasn't going to the gym. I was very sedentary, um, but I went. I uh, I went to a chiropractor last year, almost a year ago, and they took my blood pressure and they were like, "Oh, your blood pressure is kind of high." And I was like, "Yeah, it's always kind of high. It was never alarmingly high. It was just elevated." And uh, so I was like, "You know, this is stupid. I need to get my act together, and I'm going to go to the doctor and have a physical done and start working out and eating right." And I went into the doctor and. They took my blood pressure. The nurse took my blood pressure, and she's like, you okay? I was like, I think so. I feel fine. She's like, just wait here. So the doctor comes in, takes my blood pressure. It was 210 over 100. And What's he's normal? Like 110 over 70. <laughs> and Which mine has never been. But uh, he's like, lay down. I'm like, okay. So they lay me down, and. Before I know it, it's four paramedics coming in the door with a stretcher. Are you serious? And they loaded me up, taking me to the ER, and uh, slam an IV in my arm and the whole deal. And my doctor... The, and this was just for like a normal yeah, doctor appointment? for a physical. Wow. It wasn't like... No. You weren't complaining of any problems No, I felt fine. I felt, you know, normal, whatever that was well, at that time, yeah. right? Low level, low yeah. level normal, not where you're at yeah, now. Yeah, my old normal. Yeah, your old normal. And yeah, uh, so they get me over to the, the ER and the... the doctor's office is right next to the er so he came over after about an hour and he's this little indian guy and he looked at me and he said you have two choices you can get your act together and listen to me and live or you can just die wow was like, dude i'll knock you oh. out man I'm like, what are you, like, he's like seriously he said your blood pressure is like what we see when people are about to have a massive stroke whoa whoa i was like i get it so I, I looked at him. I was like, you just got to tell me what to do. I don't know. You know, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll follow it by the book. And he did. He was, he's been awesome. Dr. Dongri has been a huge help to me. And um, my diet changed. I started exercising and everything. I even asked Chris, hey, can we get together a little earlier? And he said, no, I got to be at the gym. I'm yeah, like, man. Yeah, yeah, get it. I got to get, get to it. the gym in the morning. No, that's good. So, so good. No, that's awesome. So, but you had the opportunity. It, it, just to take that as the paradigm, right? You mm-hmm. had the opportunity to even go to a doctor, which yeah, kids in the hood, no, well, maybe, maybe if someone takes them, maybe if there's Medicare or whatever, yeah. you know. But yeah, and you had the opportunity. Well, you took what well, you had the opportunity, but you also took the opportunity. Yeah, because he looked at you, and I just think it's interesting. I'm like, you're like guns don't scare you, death threats don't scare you, the church doesn't scare you when it bites back a little bit, and the sheep bite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but your health. Yeah. I love how that was sobering for you. Well, it, I was really scared. Yeah, I mean, I was terrified because... Not that you were... I wouldn't love that you were scared, but I'm just no, saying I no, love no. that I yeah, love that, totally. that had the impact. Because it was 
that was I there was I felt like there was nothing I could immediately do to impact that. Mm. And then he showed me that I could and it wasn't even that hard. That's the stupid part about it. Mm. And I've dropped 80 pounds since then. Oh my gosh. I'm still going and I feel I but I feel like I look at how I feel now versus how I felt back then and I'm like this is ridiculous that I lived that way. And So about a year ago ish, Mm -hmm. we went totally gluten free. Yeah. Now it gets in our food trace amounts and stuff like that. But Jessalyn before that time was just on the couch and every little her immune system was like nothing. So every little something she worked with kids and stuff like that. So she would get everything. And so we we did that. Um, Then we got married in July or whatever. And so um, but and we were at the gym at least two times a week, often more. And outside exercise stuff too and it's just it's amazing and we moved from california yeah where it's nice out you kind of want to oh yeah be outside you're, always doing outside. So, you're always outside doing something especially in northern california then you move back to this garbage place. yeah we move back here and it's it's where been it's, it's been harder you know it's been harder but we one of the things we noticed is she was dealing with chronic fatigue mm. constantly chronic fatigue and chronic and pain. chronic pain and when she came out of it she went oh like, I'm not tired. Like, she didn't know that she wasn't tired. Or, yeah. like, she didn't know that you could it, be not tired. It had been years since I hadn't been fatigued. I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. And it's one crazy. day I was in the car driving and I'm like, what is this feeling? Yeah. Like, I'm not tired. I don't remember the last time I wasn't tired. So, mm-hmm. it is true. Like, you don't even realize that there is another normal until you're in it and you look back and you're like, how did I wait so long? Yeah. That was me. It was like, it was the little things too. It was like walking upstairs in my house and I wasn't out of breath. Like, yeah. like, like shouldn't like, everyone not be out of breath? Right. But you don't, you don't, you don't even, when re- that's your old normal, you just, you don't know it. You don't recognize yeah. it, you know? So this whole thing now, like I can chase my kids around. I can run around with my kids, Come which on. I never, dude, I didn't run anywhere except to the store <laughs> for more food, you know? Um, but yeah, it's crazy. No, so it's just amazing to see. And then, so what happens is we'll eat really tight like that. Then you go back and you try like a McDonald's or something and you feel horrible. Yeah. And it, but it's not always like a instant, like I feel horrible Mm -hmm. right in the moment. It's like a, a dim, you know, you you like, like Mm -hmm. someone turned the light down in the room, you know, and you're like, is this what people feel like all the time? And it's true, but they don't, you don't notice it when you're in that. And I don't know. Yeah, We went to a fast food restaurant the other day. Like the first time in months, and yeah. we like got a relatively healthy option, a salad or something, something like that. And it was like we were eating it, and we were, we were excited. We're like, yeah. "Oh, it's been forever, and this is gonna be good." And we're eating it, and we're like, "This is kind of nasty." Yeah. And then we get out the other end, and just for hours, we're just like fatigued and yeah. lethargic. We're like, "Yep." Okay. Why did we? Why did we even this? do that to ourselves? And, yeah. and then we look back and we're like, we used to do this all the time. Yeah, this the, was what we ate. The like, crazy what? thing for me was when I stopped drinking soda, like cold turkey. I dro- I was drinking like six or seven Mountain Dews a day. Oh my gosh! And I, right there in the hospital, I was like, all right, no more fast food, no more sugar, no more junk food, no more soda, no more coffee. I didn't even drink coffee because I don't because oh. I couldn't drink it black. I had yeah, to have a ton of yeah. garbage yeah. in it, right? Uh, <laughs> So can I, I get like, some garbage it. with this coffee? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, I can't. It tastes too nasty but until you put garbage. I used it. to go to Starbucks and order double mochas all the oh time. Oh my gosh! And wa- sitting there watching them pump all that chocolate and syrup and whatever the hell yeah. else they put in it, I was like, yeah, no wonder I feel like I feel. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah, she used to get like almost not seizures, but she would be shaking after Starbucks yeah. stuff just when mm-hmm. all the sugary stuff. Oh, we yeah, don't yeah. even get that stuff. Anymore, I thought but... it w- I thought I couldn't drink coffee because yeah. I just kept <laughs> drinking just, Starbucks. Yeah. All, the... all the stuff they put in <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, no. If we make our own I, coffee. It's so fine. If you had to put yourself, you you've experienced a whole lot of people who've been mm-hmm. victimized across the board. Again, going back to opportunity. So, <coughs> how do you help them? Or maybe you don't do this, but I'm assuming you do. How do you help them understand the opportunity? Or like when they come to you, do you have an opportunity to say, look, like you have another opportunity? Mm. And do you ever have those kind of conversations with people? Like this is kind of a make or break moment? Or did, or did they kind of already have that a while before they got to you? Even So most of the time, like on the trafficking side, they've been getting help, right? They've been getting a lot of counseling and, and one-on-one time with counselors and stuff. So they've, they've pretty much had that. The gang members is where we have more of that. You know, we because sometimes we'll get kids that'll come in here because they were sent in by a court order to get wow. their gang tattoos removed, right? So they're right on the cusp and they're like, of, and they're they're mad. They're wow. like, I don't want to get you know. Blah, blah. So then I'll I'll be able to work with them on that and doing street ministry and stuff. That's what I do. Like wow. I I go up there and I'm like, hey, look, I've got some people that can help you do this. Like, you want to take your GED? Cool, I got you. Like these guys will help mm-hmm. you for free. Um, so you've got other resources you oh, can connect yeah, people tons. with. Oh, yeah, tons. Jobs, unions that'll start apprenticeships with people. Oh, that's wow. awesome. People that'll hire offenders that have felonies. Um, just, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Because they don't see that. Nobody presents it to them and says, hey, there's this opportunity for you. So what can Jessalyn and I do, or maybe someone listening, mm-hmm. what can we do to help the cause of what you are passionate about? You know what I mean? Because... We're not going to be doing removals. We're probably, yeah. I want to go out with you on the street sometime if you yeah, let me. But, for sure. but other than that, you know, I don't know how much I'm going to actually help, but I like care. <laughs> so that's it. That's that's all it comes down to is you just have to care. Like we do, one of the events that we, we do every year is with a group called Mask. It's Mothers Against Senseless Killings up mm-hmm. in Inglewood. And every year on Labor Day weekend, the, the day before kids go back to school, they have a block party. And I'm like, who wants to come? You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I want to come. I want to come. And then when it comes down to it, they don't want to go because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we be, we need to stop being afraid of what could happen and start being hopeful for what could happen. Yeah, yeah that's good. Because so Just many people, it. so many, well, so many people, and I'm talking to Christians right now because people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I don't fear anything. The Bible tells us 365 times not to live in fear. I'm like, then why won't you go to Englewood with me? Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm like, cause you're afraid. You're afraid you're going to get shot. You're not going to get shot. You're going up there to, to be helpful and just be positive and do some cool stuff and barbecue some hamburgers yeah, yeah. and like have a good time and play with some kids, play basketball with some kids. Like just, be looking at what could happen in a hopeful way as mm. opposed to what could happen in a negative way. It's good. It's good. There's so much negativity in the world right now. Like we need to inject a whole lot of positivity into it because it's getting uglier. It's mm, good. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to end with this. So, um, Chris, it was so good having you. Thanks for letting us come down to your yeah. shop. Thanks for coming. Out. It was amazing. Um, so awesome. I know I've encouraged, like I, I'm just thinking about opportunity and how, what opportunities do we have before us? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, how, and how can, do we, how can we just care? How can we mm-hmm. just care? How can we look at the opportunities that are before us and 
obviously see what's important and move forward with the one that's going to make us thrive. And how do we bring opportunity to other people yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah. So if you can end with a challenge for our listeners of one thing that you you know want to leave them with for them to thrive in, in the light of what you've kind of shared with us today, that'd be awesome. I would, I would tell people stop, stop judging people because they've lived a different life than you. And, uh, I t- when I when I speak in churches, the last thing I always say is, "Don't judge people because they sin different than you do." Mm. So it's good. Look it's past good. the surface and look look to the deeper person. That's great. With. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you.